TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the kickback on the OAM Podcast Network, coming to you live from the beautiful Central Atrium in Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. We're just kicking back, shooting the breeze and talking life. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and the OAMnetwork.com. On iTunes, our logo looks like the old Yom TV Raps logo. It's bright, fluorescent, pops out at you. You cannot miss it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe to the show. Leave us a comment. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know you like what you're listening to. Every time we record, you can catch us on Facebook Live. Check out the OAM Memphis Facebook page uh, for all the info on that. You can check out our Facebook page. On Facebook, it's uh, Kickback Pod. Just search Kickback Pod. Look for us on Twitter. It's the Kickback 901 on IG. It is the underscore Kickback underscore podcast. Uh, all the ways to get in contact with us are email address is the kickback radio show at gmail.com send us your letters your listener letters and all of that good stuff um so now that we got the business out of the way let me introduce my guest uh it's it's a normal usual crew in here for us uh to the right we have mr therese wilson you know him you love him what's going on people the people's champ is back and then to the left we have ezra wheeler the host of the Memphis Musicology Podcast on this very network, and more importantly, the Kickbacks uh, political correspondent. So you know when when E joins us, it's uh we're talking about some some heavy stuff. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And we got the voice on the ones and twos behind us. Um, yeah, man. So before we hop into some serious stuff, uh, how's everybody doing? Doing all right, man. Okay. Yeah, doing good. Okay. It's getting warm. It's getting. It's supposed (laughs) to be getting warm. But then it's getting cold. Right. But but then it's getting warm. Right. (laughs) We'll get snow tomorrow. Yeah. Winter has not made his mind up yet. Um, So we got to deal with that. But uh, there's also some other stuff we got to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, indeed. Going on in our fair city, in our fair state. Uh, So that's loud. So one of the things that. Happened here recently uh, for you guys that aren't in the city or don't really know what's going on in Memphis. We uh, the city has had a couple of Confederate statues, uh, statues uh, celebrating Confederate generals in the city. Um, those were taken down a couple months ago. The city did some uh, kind of cool maneuvering to make sure that those got taken down uh, legally and efficiently. Um, they were of who were they? Jefferson Davis and who? Nathan Bedford Forrest. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yes, that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> that, that is that's that's the correct pronunciation. I'm sure that's that's how most of the state says it. So, uh, like I said, our city manipulated the law to uh, to take those statues down legally, and it it it, it pissed off uh, some legislators in uh, in in our. In our uh, government, and yesterday or a couple of days ago, the Tennessee Senate passed a bill that they are withholding $250,000 that was going to go to Memphis for the uh, bicentennial celebration next year um, as punishment for being smart and savvy in taking those Confederate statues down. 
because they felt like it didn't didn't need to happen. They didn't like they tried everything they could do to keep them up, and we got them down, and they were mad, and they said, "You know what? You're not getting this two hundred fifty thousand dollars." And people are pissed. So there's like the pissed least. off people on both sides, obviously. Um, it just shows how ass backwards of a state that we live in. Correct. The way that people think. Uh, it also shows how this state is, which we all know has always been like, it's the state of Memphis inside the state of Tennessee. Like we, right. we kind of run, Memphis kind of runs itself as its own state. Right. And we're, we're closer to Arkansas and Mississippi than we are. To, I, yeah. I like Arkansas better than Mississippi. <laughs> but we, you. Thank but you. We, I, you but, heard it here first. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're in the corner. Right. Yeah. So East Tennessee is as foreign to me as New York. I didn't even know we had mountains. There. I didn't even know <laughs> Straight up. the Appalachians nah. ran through. I moved here from Mississippi, and when they uh, the first day of class, they were talking about the Tennessee foothills. I was like, oh, you mean the border of Mississippi and Tennessee where it gets really hilly? And they're like, no, those aren't, those <laughs> yeah. aren't, those aren't the foothills. <laughs> nah. No, 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 that's not what we're that's, talking about. That's the shun part of the Appalachians. <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, we, I gave the background, and now let's just give our thoughts on – on this, and I want to start with Ezra. Uh, thoughts? Oh boy, I have I have been in a funk mood. I mean, it's just pettiness. It's pettiness on the level that we're used to on social media or reality TV show. But it's brought to a state legislature that had nothing better to do with their time than to punish the only majority black city of any real influence in the state of Tennessee for taking down a statue of the founder of the KKK. I mean, it's petty and it's racist and it's, uh, it's pitiful. You have a job. You were elected. You should have ran for that elected position in order to help in some way. Right. That should be your motivation as an elected official, as a public service, you know, you, Help work on healthcare. Work on fucking infrastructure. Work on education. But Please. they waste their time. And it, this isn't. This is a painful example. It's a disgusting example. It's an extreme example. But Andy Holt, the man who really helped get this through, he's the one who gave AR-15s away for free after the Pulse nightclub shooting. I mean, yeah. these are people. They're just political hacks who. They're reality TV stars. We have a reality TV star as president, and then I think, not that he's the reason this has happened, but the the GOP is just a bunch of political hack actors. They're a bunch of pundits. They do not understand their role as legislators, and this is a prime example of that. You wasted your time on some petty punishment in defense of racist statues. I, I it It really disturbs me. I mean, there's... There's jokes to be made, but it pisses me off fundamentally. Well, it always seems like whenever we're in the news for something good, it don't take too much long for us to be in the news for something bad. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the we were applauded nationwide, nationally, for the way we handled removing the statues. And it was fine. People were giving us, you know, it's 2018. There's no reason for us to have these these monuments up right now anyway. Now... Fast forward a few months later, 
freaking laughed at because there's a group of people in a group of elected officials who feel like they can speak for our state and say, well, since you guys did this, we're going to treat you like the bad, like we're going to punish you because you did something that should have been done a long time ago. That's right. And to talk about, like, like I said, Andy Holt, he's from a little city called Dresden, Tennessee. Hmm. Now, if you were to ask him, where is it? Because I have no idea. I believe it's just a little past uh, Jackson. It's on the way to Martin, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, it's so like it's in, it's in West Tennessee though. Who's on their way yeah, to Martin, it's, it's Tennessee? This, if you're not going to UT Martin, why are you going? To I had Martin, an Tennessee? I had an ex in UT Martin, so I drove that route a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's on this. It's in West Tennessee. Okay. All right. So he called us. He basically called us ISIS. Yeah. Because this is his quote: "We can't erase history." That's what ISIS does. They erase history. They destroy history so that they cannot learn lessons from history. He basically called our local government, our local officials who help figure out a way to get these monuments down, ISIS. And that just shows you the level of people well, that, we're, that, we're, that we're working with these days. And here's the thing. We're, technically, we're not destroying history. So ISIS, they're destroying these monuments. We didn't destroy the monuments. We just took them from their original location because of, I guess, the theme that they don't need to represent anymore. And they can definitely go into the Pink Palace. Right. They can definitely go into a, a museum and be observed. But right now, what's that? If we get to the root of this, and I think we all kind of know this, one statue came out and was erected in 18, the 1880s. One was erected in the 1960s. And we know why. And they know why they were erected. So let's just be honest with that first. Right. Well, that's, we can, the, that's the first thing that they yeah. have to be honest with that. Like I said, I think us around this table can be honest with it. And the people in, I don't even say the people in the know can be honest with it. But they have to be, and they, that's the main, that's the right. problem with what's going on in America is people just won't be honest. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? They well, just won't be out of the way. There's something ironic, too, more than ironic about comparing people who want to take down statues of terrorists to ISIS. It's literally like, uh, well, in 40 years, if Syria doesn't build monuments to ISIS, they've forgotten their history. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, that's literally what's happening. These are people, uh, they're monuments to people who terrorized communities and neighborhoods and cities. That's the thing. ISIS is tearing down ancient holy lands. Right. This is, the KKK was the Memphis's ISIS. I mean, and if... So to, char- to, to characterize us as ISIS-like for... Ta- it's just a level of hypocrisy that they cannot understand because their right. worldview is limited. Very limited. <laughs> limited. Very limited. And it, and it goes to show, like, you know, they're saying uh, we are wiping away or rewriting history when that party is over the textbook company out of Texas who's putting in the textbooks. And that slavery is cool. Yeah, that slavery was a choice. It was an option. Mm-hmm. That, that Native Americans chose to move off their land exactly. because they were good neighbors. Now, that's <laughs> I mean, literally that, rewriting history. That's right. And so I think, you know, we you, he's got to be a little bit more careful. I, I know he was trying to throw some jabs there, but when you're talking to people that know common sense and that have common sense and that know what's really going on, there's actual history being rewritten. Um, and these are reports of people, teachers in this in this city that have said, hey, you know, I'm teaching my kids this and I know it's wrong. Well, don't stop. teach them. Right. <laughs> No, you but but no child can be left behind. So legally, right. I have to have a job. I got to teach these kids piss poor history. So. Can I give everybody Andy Holt's phone number? Yes, please. 
I would love to. Because I have called my man Andy Holt twice today. I encourage you all to call him (laughs) because he deserves to hear from you all. Here's my man Andy Holt's phone number, 615-741-7847. If you care to tell him how you feel, give him a call at that number. Leave a voicemail. He will not be picking up. But... uh, Just leave a sternly worded voice. Leave a voice sternly man. worded voice. Now, to, like to to give to like not even tie it up, but give more information about it. Like the Senate passed it. It, ha- it still has to pass the House. We, we flip it. No, the House passed it. That's right. Okay, the House passed it, and so the Senate. So there's a chance that this might not even. You know, they might not. Who, but the whole thing. There's is, not a good. Here's the best chance. Sorry to interrupt you. No, the best chance you know of it's it, better than I do. So no, ahead. you're. But you're right. There's still a chance to defeat this, although. The Tennessee State Senate tends to be just as rednecky as the Tennessee State, Tennessee State House. That being said, we now have the benefit of knowing what they're trying to do. Right. You now have the benefit of being able to look up your state senator or, in the case of Andy Holt, not just state senator. Call them. Email them. Please. Like, I, it, it, I think it's extremely important. I spent way too much time today. Well, not maybe not do way too much time because I believe in it. And... I think if you are a state senator who is, has any fear about winning re-election, which is what literally motivates most of their – if you're getting a lot of calls and emails saying, no, 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 I think you're going to be effective. Look up your state senator. Well, and we, and we have a local election coming up now. Like if, I think the biggest thing from this, and it's like what you just said, you, we, now we know what they're trying to do. Right. But you also know what like they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So if 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 this bill or whatever does die, something else is going to pop up in the near future that does kind of does the same thing that we might not know. So you already know that they're gun they're gunning for some kind of punishment for the city of Memphis in some kind of way. So like for the I mean, we've been saying this since 2016. You know, uh, vote. Vote, 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 vote. This is the time that that we as the public, John Q. Public, uh, this is when our voices can be heard. You right. put the people in those positions to make those decisions, and you gotta, we got to do better. Yeah, in, yeah. In, absolutely. In absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. that uh, good old Memphis. Good old Memphis and good old Tennessee, right? Poke, We're going to be all right. Look up, fire. That, look up that uh, – GoFundMe page too, right? And and in in response, I, think, to that, I actually like it. Give ten dollars for your city's bicentennial and show those rat bastard rednecks we don't need them. In response to that, one of the local uh, somebody in Memphis, I don't know, she's a local dignity. What is she's a, a, a writer or <laughs> activist? I mean, I know the name. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I could pull it out of my. She started my hat, a GoFundMe but. to raise the two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, that we two hundred fifty thousand dollars that we're not going to get. And I think as of this morning they had close to like fifty thousand dollars, and they right. started it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. two fifty may be so. ambitious, but hell, any right. any dollar amount I really do think has helped prove to them we don't need y'all, but, and we and we care enough about our city to invest in it. it Eight dollar, whatever. I mean, nobody's expecting you to cover the difference. Yeah, but right. I think it's cool to drop five or ten just to say I'm I, I support this. And I think they were real slick kind of introducing this on the Hill simply because we got so many other things with being bombed and stuff going on and there's race relation issues going on. Yet, 
here you have these people not giving us any money. And if Black Lives Matters gets a hold of this and they can use this stuff as ammunition to say we did things the right way. Mm-hmm. And you're not only just, you know, disenfranchising people in another way, but you're disenfranchising a whole city. You're punishing a whole city that's predominantly African-American. That's right. predominantly a blue you know, location, a blue town. So I, I could see a lot of people really hadn't heard our story yet. But once this story gets mainstream, it's going to be like, who gives you the authority to not give them money for a bicentennial on the city that was saved by a lot of African-Americans during the, was it smallpox? Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, in the African-Americans, or they could yellow, yellow, yellow fever. fever. Yeah. Sorry. Yellow they couldn't fever. flee. And it was, uh, I want to say, I'm Mary, learning something. Mary, Mary McLeod Bethune. Yep. Was here and she nursed a lot of people. And, and, and so the thing is, is your black people were still here. They're still, they all, that's what they were joking about. They said, if you guys are going to dig up, Hope all you uh, black people catch the yellow fever when you start digging up old Nathan Bedford Forrest because he's been buried there since yeah. that happened. But it's just like it, there's a culture of people that have been here, and you're basically saying that we're going to discredit them, not give them value, not give them money, not give this city worth because they did things the right way. So it goes to show it shows our youth, even if you peacefully protest, you still don't get a, re, a positive result. So why do it? Let's just right. go ahead and tear them down. Let's get ropes and Pull them off their, you know, off their pedestal, right. like, because there were there was opportunity to do that. There was, there was, and, and, I, and, and, anybody would, and, and it, it makes you quit. And honest, I, I question would that not have been a more effect? I don't know. I don't. I tend to like the sh- by the book. Right. Let's do this the right way. But if you do it the right way and you get penalized a quarter million dollars, <laughs> right. well, maybe next time tie a rope around that motherfucker and pull yeah. it down. Right. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I, if yeah. if we're gonna play by the rules and y'all gonna do us like this. I'm not above that. Yeah, I'll be right there with you. I, because we, because they—that's a rough one. But we, we can't play sure. by their rules. I think that's the that's thing, right. Because their, their rules are garbage. Exactly. Their rules do not exist. Exactly. Their, their rules are, are whatever they want to make yeah, up they, at the moment. Their exactly. rules—they exactly. have no change. rules. That's yeah. right. They constantly they, they change. Keep moving the bar. The goalpost keeps. keeps yeah. If y'all want to no play that game, what, then I'll. Yeah, I'll play that game. Right. I think I don't right. know if I don't know if they want to play that game with the city of Memphis. I just know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if we're doing no holes barred. You might take a beat. It's a it's a lot of so people in the city of Memphis that know how to do some things. Mm-hmm. Will the people in the suburbs celebrate the bicentennial the way the people in Memphis will? Like, because I mean, most of your I mean, you got a, a flight of people moving to downtown, but your Germantowns, your Carryvilles, they do business here. Are they just as excited about no. honoring? I don't think so. But also, raise your hand if you knew about the bicentennial before we got the strip. Because I did not. I had no idea. Oh. I didn't know there was nothing I, being which, planned. Which I don't think is because we're a year away. Well, but I, I did not recognize that he was, it was even a thing. So I don't mean to be like act like I'm so upset that our bicentennial. It's just the pettiness and the shittiness well, think, of it yeah, all. I think, but, I think the whole thing was because I didn't even know it was for the bicentennial. I just thought they were like, yo, we're just going to give you all this money that we had earmarked for you for something else. It's and the so principle. Like, but it's, it's the principle of the fact right. like, you guys think that we don't know what we're doing here. So we we can't our local government can't effectively run this city. Right. So you're gonna punish them for allowing something to happen that should have happened a long time ago and now you know give us a slap on the wrist or whatever. Like that's just it's just the principle of it all. Like it doesn't make any sense. And the small and your small government Republicans. Right. Who now want to play the game of big government, big government. bullies because yeah. we deserve it in life. So like what in what is the reverse of that? So what if there's, I know maybe as a city we can't do it, but what if there's something that's like, all right, we're going to find you dressed in Tennessee. Like, we're, like, 
whatever, whatever. Maybe we have some kind of partnership with them where we, because uh, I mean, it's close enough to Memphis. I, I don't we, know what a retaliation would like look that, like. I, I honestly feel that. I think Mayor Strickland has a little bit. He has a petty streak in him too, and I'm sure that his team is tricked. They figuring out some kind of way. I would hope they are. If Willie, if Willie was the mayor, he would be feeling out some kind of way. Which is why he wants to, to run again. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to get these folks Uncle back. Willie. If, if, if Willie Harrington was the mayor, he for sure would be coming up with a plan right now to get back at them. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't – I think it's – the unfortunate thing is is the – I don't know if we have much of a well, punch back. I, yeah. I think – we can. I think the best way to do it is to fund our own shit, to show them we don't. And, and to make a Rather scene. than to be petty back, because I'd be all <laughs> I'd love to be petty back to them. I just don't think that's an option. We're talking about power structures. But at the, I think the best move to show them, fuck y'all, is to help fund this thing. Yeah, we don't need the money anyway. Well, to show what we don't need. Yeah, if y'all don't want to, if y'all don't want us, we don't need you. But in terms of showing the Tennessee state, like, I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. But you could, I mean, they could pull their resources, this city, and try to uh, talk with other, I guess, neutral cities kind of like us that are having their bicentennial or centennial celebrations and see if we can get funding from them. Because if this, I really feel like if this story hits national media, it'll take off because here we just had a situation at a Starbucks location and these guys did the right thing, yet they sat in the jail for almost 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And here we're being penalized for doing the right thing. And you no, know, nothing was done wrong. They had legal counsel, and people are going to argue it was taken down at the at, at night, and it was raining and cold. But yeah, it might have been nighttime, but they put lights up. They wanted people to see these <laughs> yeah. things coming. It wasn't like it was it was pitch broadcast black. live yeah. on the no, news. No, it was a dark, it was seven p.m. Yeah, exactly. And it's in the wintertime when it's it, going to be dark. It was going to be dark, but yeah. it was not like under yeah. the cover of night. I watched exactly. it. I watched it on the news. Like it was on TV it over was dinner. It was broadcast yeah, right, yeah. straight up as the statue was coming down. There was a Memphis game that night, and everybody. You should have seen our fan base. It kind of kind of hurt a little bit to see some people I believe in and talk to every day just get so upset. Like, oh, that's our history. Where are they going with our history? Like. It's just like, man, I didn't know you were like that. I kind of got a different viewpoint on you because if you sure. think that's your history and you care just, you know, care that much about these statues more so than helping your fellow brother out on the street of Memphis who might need shelter or food or food or clothing, you know, your your priorities in the wrong place. No doubt. You know. Well, you you let's let's transition a bit. You mentioned it, uh, the Starbucks incident. In in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, <laughs> so, if you don't know, if you've been under a rock for the last couple of weeks, last couple of days, there was an incident at a Philadelphia Starbucks where two black men, two young black men, were uh, sitting there waiting uh, on a business partner. They're, they're they're about to have a meeting at the Starbucks, and they're waiting for the third person to show up. And one of them needed to use the restroom. Uh, was told that they cannot use the restroom unless they buy something. And uh, and then the cops were called because they said, well, we're not leaving. We're waiting on someone. They said, well, if you're not going to buy anything, get out. We're not leaving. We're waiting on somebody. We'll just wait here until they get here. Then we do whatever. And the cops called. Cops were called. Cops came. The young men were arrested. And it set off this series of events that, um, once again, makes our country and look, look bad as hell. Uh, so the Starbucks CEO came out and issued an apology. And then... Uh, you know, Starbucks kind of hit the PR trail real quick. You know, they they real quick. They tried to they tried to nip this in the bud as soon as possible. Um, 
you know, national a letter a letter to the kid to the guys. Uh, they're shutting down their stores here in uh, eight hundred other stores uh, in the near future here for uh, racial. I guess it's like racial insincerity in racial sensitivity training. I don't know if it's that, but it's, it's something like that. How to deal with that stuff. Um, but no, it, it, it caused, it caused an outcry, an uproar. People started boycotting the, uh, people called for a boycott of Starbucks, uh, in their treatment of their black customers. Um, and we go from there and I don't, I don't know about this one, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two schools of thought with this one. You like Starbucks? No, I don't, I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> I don't even drink coffee like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first school of thought is I don't know if this makes this incident makes Starbucks as an institution racist. Right. I think they hired a a manager who was dumb. Mm -hmm. I think they, and so that was, that was, that's my one school of thought. My other school of thought, and this is for all of our listeners that are not minorities out there. Uh, Man, y'all got to stop calling the police on everything. That's, that like, is, please stop calling the police stop about everything. This situation could have been handled very, very, very easily. It's just. You got to stop calling the cops on the littlest shit. You just have to. That's, that's what makes these things. Because you never know how that interaction is going to go. Right. You might think the person calling the cops might think, oh, well, the cops are coming. They'll obey the cops. Not if I ain't doing nothing wrong. Right. And the cops are coming already with an attitude, well, well, we got we to gotta worry about this disturbance. And cops aren't trained enough to de-escalate situations. Cops come in to escalate situations. Right. And, and they, they want a reason. They've been right. juiced up. And they, 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 they looking want for a reason. The flex. They looking for well, a reason. Just grab I, a pen I, if you. Listen, <laughs> if, I, if I do anything close to defending police, this will be uh, But let this be the only... Your point about always calling the police to me helps explain part of the that's not their fucking job. Police police are not they they there is a huge structural racial uh, there there's a uh, several problems within your but one thing I can be sympathetic for them is somebody took too much drugs call the police. If somebody's here I don't want it to be called the we overextend police because we have no other idea of what. Right. And that's messed up. Yeah. If I'm a policeman and I get called to a Starbucks because a black dude didn't want to buy a coffee. I'm buying him a coffee. I'm going to say, look, I mean, how straight much, up, how but much, that is bullshit. 99 cents. Yo, here's a really? dollar. Literally. Here's a Your dollar. cousin's overdose and you He's have good. no other number than to call me. Like, that is where that, that is the one point where I'm sympathetic with the police is that we put every single social ill. Not even our, our non-social ills. Any tiny social problem on their shoulders. At least, like you said, white folks, we've been trained to, something's wrong, call the police. And, the and that is about, a problem for us and for the people who are getting police called on and for the police themselves. It's right, just, you're that's not what they're there you're for. You're stretching them too thin. So I, thin. I want to get to this because my cousin has been going in on the uh, on the comments here, my cousin, you know, when she's a faithful watcher. Thank you, sweetheart. You know, I love you. Um, she says the CEO came out too late. Every national CEO should know by now to respond immediately. I was never a huge fan, but now I'm never going to Starbucks again. Uh, it does make the institution responsible because the CEO should respond immediately and not as a response to the boycott. 
Uh, that means the CEO is only trying to salvage profits. He could care less about the right. victims he's now begging to meet with. Um, and I better recognize how powerful the black dollar is, but undervalued. It is. That is, that is right. very true. That I'd push back true. on the time of the response because I think they responded as quickly as they could to a national, to it. To get a per- small professional. Incident. That being said, the reason that they responded so strongly, oh, yeah, she's they, exactly right because they recognized that. So stop her general point, I'm I'm with. I do think, and I think the response is about as good as you could ask for a national corporation personally. And then that your big question started. I'm if I'm talking too much, was though, is this a is this an organizational is, problem is, yeah. or a specific person problem? And I have the same. I think from what we know, this was a specific person problem, and then then responding and making an organizational problem. Yeah. I have no love for Starbucks. I, I mean, they're shitty in so many ways. I, I have to give them a little. I give them props for that. I do. I, I think that's the I, best way to handle something like that. Because I, I, Starbucks <clears throat> reaches a Starbucks is like the Chick Fil A of coffee. I've I've never really had a bad experience. I've never had somebody tell me I need to go buy something before I use the bathroom. And because these are franchises, some of these are privately owned. Right. That's like, right. That was like, going to be my next thing there. Like like your boy Magic Johnson got, what, 20-some Starbucks. I bet you his is he probably bumping some Yo Gotti in his Starbucks. Yeah. And people that come in there might not want to hear that. So you, you kind of have to also, it makes people be more conscious of who's the owner here. Do I trust the owner and the practices that they're instilling in their staff more so than the brand itself. Right. So, and that, and that's what, um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and <laughs> the title of it was there. You're not racist. You're just an asshole. And I, <laughs> and I, and I think that in this case, because I don't, I don't think that that can, that can't be a national Starbucks policy. When I work at the FedEx forum and I go across the street to Starbucks for whatever, and there are homeless people just chilling out there the whole time. Right. Yeah. yeah I you mean, know what I'm saying? So, so the policy, the national policy isn't if you're in our stores, you have to buy something. It's, I'm, I, like I said, that, that one could have been, uh, you know, a franchisee and maybe they have. I don't know. But I also think that people, we have to work on our communication skills enough to be able to kind of read the situation. That's these right. are These are, and I mean, I hate to stereotype, but we get, I'm sure those young men were stereotyped. These are well-dressed young men with whatever, looking, not looking like thugs or anything else. Came to a place with free Wi-Fi. Not, not, even, do, <laughs> not even doing anything right. uh, demonstrative or being reckless in the Starbucks. Just ask to use the restroom. If you're the manager, why would you tell? Why? Right. Why? That, why? That, and that's what why? it came down to me as a very poor management decision. But I think that that. So is it Starbucks' fault? Seems like we're all in agreement. No. Is it this manager's fault? Yes, but I think that's worth exploring. And why did the manager think it was okay to call the police on some black folks who didn't right. buy now, coffee? Now, that is a whole different thing that is big right. picture. Yeah. Not in terms of Starbucks, but is big that picture in terms experience. of society yeah. is they were extremely uncomfortable with black people in a white space or what they considered a white space and that is that is a micro that's problem, what or a changed. macro problem well, rather they, maybe not a starbucks problem but it's a society problem it's an american problem it's a white people problem but Star- starbucks they also missed an opportunity to make a huge point here because here you had the owner he was t- i mean the ceo he's talking we don't put up with that he never once said that 
this will not be tolerated. This person is fired and right. anybody else in our organization. Right. He didn't make a point. He could have he he came out very forcefully he, with but, that. Because then, true. because then you're you're also telling this you're making your your brand have this cultural mindset that we don't put up with that crap here. So if you if you want to work with us and you don't like certain types of people, transgender, black, African American, racial, ethnic, whatever belief systems, if that's you, don't work here. And and, and, and you know, I think that was the one opportunity he missed, but then they made it up by saying we're gonna have all these different classes, you know. So. And I think it's fair to say it's a thing he missed, but let's also imagine and maybe it's I don't know. I'm we're just we're chit-chatting. I, I'm not like fully foreign. But had he said, "This, you're fired, can you imagine the backlash from the right? Now we have a – I think the way they handled it was smart. And who knows if they'll keep – but if he had said, you're fired, well, you don't know what happened. You don't know how they acted. And now Fox News is running this, and now we have another fucking cultural wars battle about – I almost thought it was smarter to handle it with – this person, and which again is going back to what I was saying earlier of this is a problem with white people not under – let's do cultural training. Right. It, when, and not defending the Starbucks CEO. It Once sounds again, like you are a colonizer. <laughs> 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 but if, but if that I, makes I get, sense, by not yeah. taking the most this is this one person's fault, but this person is, was wrong. And, and maybe they should be penalized. I, I wouldn't argue against that. But I think the smarter way was to say – this person was wrong in the way that a whole lot of white people would be wrong. We're going to take a day to train, folks. Do, do you, and that do you, made do you sense think a me. day is enough? Because my cousin, like you said, let, let's be clear. They didn't make it up to me with just closing for a day to train. How else? So, like, what is it? What is, so, what is what, what's the thing? We, I mean, for I a mean, multi-billion honestly, dollar corporation. And once again, I, I really a, feel weird trying to, and once again, I'm not trying to defend them, but. It's almost as most but, as we can ask for. But I think maybe I mean, with that, they should follow that training up and expose to the general public, like us, what they trained them on. I think now, that's a yeah, great. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, like okay, guys, we talked about racial injustice. We talked about uh, civil rights, and just, you know all these different things. And well, make it like, part wow. of your basic training for new but employees I'm, too. I'm make it saying, a standard thing that if you're going to work exactly. for a Starbucks corporation. From now on, right. as part of your hiring process, we're going to teach right. you to make lattes and teach you to bake a sandwich and then teach you this. Teach you about some Martin Luther King. And I think if they do that, the then, that you're living in. Then, right. that, then that's solid and worth saluting instead of just – I think there's a, there's a threat of when people try to do the right things and we always say it's never enough, that it will dissuade them from trying to do the right thing. And I think in this instance, they really did, in my eyes – do about as much as we've seen any major corporation do, and that should be celebrated rather than a nice try but not enough because if it's never enough, then we'll never see more of these efforts. And exactly. I think the more of these efforts we get, the better off we are. I yeah. also think that uh, – and like it, this is my whole uh, call the cops, don't call the cops thing. It started – this whole thought started like – it all. it started with the um, – God, I forgot the name. I'm blanking on the name. My guy's name in Sacramento. The guy shot. Um, man. It's, it's so, sad it's we so, can't man, keep I know, up. So I know, right? Old. Fuck. Um, but that started, you know, he was he was out there breaking windows and somebody called. He, not him, somebody was breaking windows. We don't know if it was him or not. Somebody was breaking windows. They called the cops. They called, the cops' response was crazy. Helicopter comes in. Helicopter finds somebody. Say, oh, it looks like he has. Stephon Clark. Stephon Clark. Thank hey, you, sir. Thank you. Um. Look like he has a gun in his hand. 
So once you already say that, the cops are coming to that situation thinking that the man is armed regardless. So they're coming with, I, gotta, I'm gonna have, I might have to use deadly force. Their mindset changed. They're not just chasing what? somebody. They're chasing somebody with a gun. Right. But they also knew they got that call in a certain part of town. Had they got that call in Germantown and the guy's got a gun, you're not as on the defense as you right. are if you go to South Memphis and the guys and they say the guy has a gun. So their antennas are extremely up now based on the environment he lived in. And that, that even the environment, so this is to my next point, excuse me, I was uh, reading something about uh, a homeless guy getting killed. I don't even know if he was homeless. A guy getting killed in New York uh, because somebody called the police on him and said that he was going around putting a gun in people's faces. It was like in, I don't know what borough it was in, but uh, he was like your neighborhood, he was your neighborhood like radio, crazy guy. Radio Raheem. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like he was just going out, messing with, you know, whatever. And he, it wasn't a gun. It was like a remote control or something. But somebody saw it from afar, oh, man. called the cops and said he's pointing a gun in his face, in people's faces. So when the cops came, they thought it was a gun. And they didn't use their de-escalation tactics and killed the man. So, so like, or Tamir Rice, a goddamn fourteen-year-old with, with a toy gun, with a was toy gun, killed within seconds. So it's like yeah. you, you have to. The police have to stop being called with those with those type of things because that changed their mindset already. If they would say, "Hey, man, look, there's somebody out here. I think he's crazy." Um, he, 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 he may he, possibly yeah, he, he, got he messing with people I don't know what's going on but, right. like, but like the people in the neighborhood in, the, in this New York case they're like man like he be around here all the time like yeah. he, people don't mess with him I mean he mess with us and we know he crazy we let him do what he gotta do and then we go from there you know what I'm saying that's it uh, and so in this type of instance it's like bro like you can't just be calling the cops especially not for somebody so they can sit there and use your Wi-Fi and maybe and whatever, but they can't use your restroom. And if at that point you got to call the cops. Right. So I want to do a fun exercise. Let's <clears throat> play. Fun exercise, guys. It's, uh, it's got a little serious here. I'm going to – we are going to be workers at Starbucks. Oh, no. Are we role-playing? We're about to role-play. <laughs> we, work, we work at Starbucks. And oh, we boy. came in – to our job yesterday. Hold on, I need to play like one of the top indie tracks in in the top forties right now. Let me find a good <laughs> yeah. indie for track. for a background, like a grizzly, <laughs> like grizzly yeah. bear so, or something. So, yeah, we need so some need, uh, Starbucks music. I need I need I need some Starbucks music and I need some protest noise in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we can role play. It'd be real quick, real quick, guys. Just add, add a little bit, add a little fun. Oh no! Who am I in this? Is it, is it, uh, since, since, <laughs> since you're the only, no, oh boy, <laughs> you're, you're gonna be the white. You're gonna be the white. Oh, guy. fun! Therese and I will be the two. Okay. Well, now here's 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 your role, guys. We're just part-time workers. Part-time workers. We weren't. We weren't. We weren't at the Starbucks when it happened. We were for some reason we were all off. We were all off. Okay. Yeah. We were all off when it happened, and now we we coming back to work. For the first time, and we got some protests going. Okay, all right, and we got it. We got to help Ezra get through the door. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, there, we, there we are. <laughs> Ezra, come in the back. Hey. Hurry up! Hey man, I don't know. I don't know, man. Look, they may be glad I need this money to pay pay these bills, bro. Because I ain't trying to be here. These folk. Better not get in my face with this BS today, man. Like, all this other stuff, dog. 
do you know how much whipped cream I've stolen stolen from this place? <laughs> right. right. Like I don't I don't care about right. this coffee. I have maybe a, we can make up for it and give everybody a free cup of coffee today. Maybe that'll calm everybody down. I never liked that manager no way, man. <laughs> right. I'm glad I'm glad she gone, right. on, bro. You know I'm that's my mom. I don't care. <laughs> you keep on, you keep on you talking. Know, you know that's my mom, right? And y'all hear she got a job at Chick-fil-A now? <laughs> See? <laughs> See, man? That's what, bro, you, bro, you keep on talking. We're going to push your ass out there in that crowd <laughs> and tell everybody it was you. Right. Man, man, bro. No. No. You can't get no free water. <laughs> right, right. Whitey. They're out there saying, hell no, we won't go. Like, what are we going to do, guys? Damn, man. Like, can I leave? We, it, ain't, we ain't selling no coffee today. Like, I think we should literally go outside and hand these guys cups of coffee. It's cold out there. Y'all know it ain't springtime bruh, yet. It's still winter. Bro, I think we should. <laughs> I, I, it is Philly. <laughs> right. It right. is Philly. True. So uh, let's let's play rock, paper, scissors and see who <laughs> right. go out there. You think we can get Beanie Siegel out here? <laughs> Free me. <laughs> right. Free me. <laughs> right. Free me. Right. And it surpri- surprised me, though, with, with Meek Mill and Meek all this stuff happening here. And scene. Right. Excuse me, my Shazam's not working. Can you tell me what record that's from? No. <laughs> Get out of here. Go to <laughs> it's Al City. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, may I jump in and say that on Jamal's show notes, the topic of this, or the headline of this topic was, we really boycott Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> like, we really on boycott the Starbucks? We, 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 on the rundown. I is like that. that. Is that really? Are, we really boycott Starbucks? Because I, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, like, like I said, I don't care either way about Starbucks. But also, like, I ain't heard too many other bad experiences from Starbucks of people like that. No, nah, but, so like, they're like, trash in so many ways. That go drink local coffee anyway. Yeah, right. I mean, coffee, straight up, like, drink Starbucks, whether they, whether they did these dudes, were, and then they did. Forget this incident. Starbucks is trash. Go drink from Bluff City or something. Yeah. Yeah. If you so who, uh, want, who wants to have a natural laxative every day? I don't I mean, get I don't get coffee drinkers I, at all. That's why I'm so oh, short. I, I was drinking it prematurely. I didn't grow. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. I, That's because of your uh, heavy cocaine habit. You don't listen, need that. <laughs> that was a joke. I know your mama listens. Wait, and that was you a got a little booger sugar that right there. Was that was definitely a, a joke. Those are jokes. That, those <laughs> have you, jokes Jamal, have you grown your pinky fingernail out? <laughs> those are, yeah, how's, those that pink, are, how's that pinky fingernail doing? Yeah, right? Nope, nothing. It's trimmed. I don't know how you don't drink coffee little residue, man. It's necessary. Nah, 9 in the morning. You drink it? Gatorade of water. I hadn't had any... Shit. Coke in a while. And well, I mean Coca-Cola. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I yeah, literally I mean Coca-Cola. A, I need a coffee in the morning, man. Gator, Gatorade, Gatorade or water in the morning. Hey, I don't, I don't do sodas yeah. that much. I mean, it's just empty carbs, you know? No, I don't really either. The only time I drink sodas is when I'm drinking a mixed drink. Same. If I get like a you know a whiskey, whiskey ginger ale. Or yeah, a, same or here. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I just didn't like – people were talking about boycotting, and I, I would – kind of messing with my friends who were still like putting Starbucks and stuff on their Snapchat. I'm like, yo, you're not down for the culture. Like, you're not out here. You're still out here, <laughs> I mean, you're still so out here drinking Starbucks. Like, at some point, we're going to try to boycott everything. And it's something like... And, and, that's, and, and I think there's times where it's where it's completely justified, and then there's times where it's... like I There's think, a lesson to be learned in the micro. Like, this taught us... This is worth looking at and learning lessons from and having discussions about. But it doesn't have any shit. It doesn't have anything to yeah. do with Starbucks. It has to do with Black people. people and white spaces and white people's 
um, identity of uh, and, and willingness to couple ease and like those are all conversations worth having that none of it has to do with Starbucks like the, like the H&M thing opinion. I can see that I can see that I have, I there was an organizational that. move that right. was bad exactly I it wasn't a cashier that. at H&M but you know right. it, but it was H&M coming out with some racist right. clothing H&M and how do you, how going do you, through all their channels right. how do you as H&M if they're living in a culture and a society where that's not top of mind, you know, here we're very sensitive to the whole monkey thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're not too far removed from lots of racism. But if you go out west or up north to some places, I, yeah, they hear it, they see it. But it's kind of like uh, we know about racism as a whole, about calling somebody the N word. But I've never where I come from in Seattle, they don't call black people monkeys. You would just so, hope you would you have know. somebody on staff. That that was but, what was so weird to me. You may be right, but. I mean, if you that, don't, don't, then do better and put exactly. somebody on your staff who can say, um, or this is racist so, shit. I you bet know? you there are people on the staff, but nobody, nobody's wanting like, to step up. Well, and, and that, that that's often the problem. You're right there. Yeah. They yeah, may have I, seen been, it and just didn't want to be the one to yeah. say anything. And now we have an issue. Because you're labeled, I was labeled as confrontational by my boss because I used to just bring up the fact that we weren't uh, providing resources for a lot of the minority populations that were having festivals and things in town. We were giving almost $300,000 to every other festival in town, Memphis in May and what's the thing, uh, the Cooper Young Festival. But when it was time for Black Restaurant Week, I was like, where are our dollars? Oh, right. we can give them 500 $500? And you're giving like these groups $20,000. The yeah. Redbirds are getting 20000 Like. It just it boggled me, so I just I challenged that, and I was told I was confrontational, and I guess I'll, you were the angry black man. Yeah, I'm the angry black man, but I'm also the person that's kind of helping you guys realize that, hey, I know you're an older white crowd, and I'm a younger black man. I'm an advocate for making sure that everybody's treated equally. Let's give let's spread this out, and it's scary because I think that happens more often than not. In larger systems, like in government, oh, obviously, yeah. in, in, in corporations. It's pervasive, man. If you don't have somebody willing to step up, that's a minority, to just address the situation right. and say, y'all going to do it how you going to do it. But I'm going to let I'm, you I'm, know. I'm going to tell you on this. On the record. I'm going to tell you this. Exactly. So, you, so these are the uh, unintended consequences. Right. We need somebody when like you, that at the when Grizzlies. You, when, you, when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> hey, well, well, look who works for the Grizzlies. <laughs> and we can't, in, in my lowly position, I cannot do that. I can Why didn't you say Fizdale, yeah. man? Huh? I, look, it, man. It, it, Jamal, we were looking to you to save Fizdale. You, yeah, you felt, I tried. You felt, <laughs> I tried my hardest. You, Jamal, you Jamal sweating. You I, fl- tried, <laughs> I, tried, I tried my hardest to save David Fizdale. And shout, uh, out, shout out to uh, Coach Fizz and they're Natasha. They're not going to work us. They're not. They're not. They're not going to work us. They gave $1,000. I, I saw. To the, uh, and salute to them for still the being thing, parts the, of the community. Because the yeah. hey. if I, that was me, I would have said, <laughs> Right. Y'all Sorry, gonna fire suckers. me, <laughs> right? So real quick, um, I'm gonna just circle this back around to a um, good friend, 45. Oh, Yeesh. a good friend, a friend the, of yours, but a not good mine. friend in the White House, <laughs> number 45. He's had a couple months, hasn't he? Boy, he has. Boy, it seems there's something every day. I try to disconnect myself from it or the news about it and him and all the things that he has to do. But I mean, you can't. You can't get away from it. It's everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the well-being of our country and my life is in his hands. So right. you can't be that too uh, oblivious to it. Uh, so in the past two weeks, uh, I'm probably giving him more time than I should, he's uh, decided to he wanted to attack Syria. Right. Uh, his personal lawyer has been uh, raided by the FBI, over which 45 overseas. 
His own <laughs> FBI. His, his own, get to Stormy. His own FBI. Uh, the porn star Stormy Daniels is still alive and still doing things and still she raising hell. Still raising hell. Um, his staff is copying and pasting things that they shouldn't copy and paste and putting on Twitter. He's got Twitter fingers all over again. Yep. Fired James Comey. James Comey go, goes on a 60 Minutes and gives a crazy interview. I mean, hey, you know, it's been, it's been, what a, else is going on? It's been a month, man. Here's what I think is the most interesting in terms of the current news is I think people had their hopes up for oh, Russia, Russia being the thing that may bring this man down. Did he collude with, which I never had that much faith in. There was some shady stuff going on, I believe. Anytime Putin's brought up, he starts sweating. I think there's something there. I think the idea that we'll catch him on Russia is small. But when you get into Michael Cohen, who is not just his lawyer, but his, I mean, we're talking mafia shit. This is the guy who is responsible for busting knees and hiding the bags. That's that dude. They raided his office, and Trump is scared and i think if there is going to be a thing that will bring him down or that will create a scandal that will last it's going to be in these financial de- we all know he's a we know the three of us at this table yeah it, but we don't know the extent it's about to come out michael cohen has receipts stashed under his couch cushions right. i mean uh, from we, I, I really do. This was bigger to me than anything else. When they said they got Michael Cohen, from what I know about the Trump organization and his loyalties, and I said, "Boy, this is huge." They, they flip him as old, yeah, and and, and they, they more than likely they will, and they will because Trump has no loyal. Lo- he right. has no loyalty from anybody as long as he's paying you or giving you influence, which he has done for. But they don't. Nobody loves him. Nobody yeah. cares for this man. Nobody has a personal. It's it's his life is a business transaction is how I right. look at it. And Michael Cohen was a dude he had a whole bunch of to the fact that it almost felt like they had a friendship. Yep. Soon as you say, "Look, dog, you're getting ten years," you flap on the fat boy with the wig. He's going to be singing like a canary. Watch, and I think we are going to see some very interesting things in the next three months. That's yeah. just, my- I, I, bro. I'm telling you, man. I just don't think nothing's going to stick to this dude. I think this dude's Teflon, man. I don't think nothing. I don't think. Uh, I, ho- I hope public, it happens. Public perception will change. For some people who voted for him, I think this is going to be the thing for them to be like, dang, I think we did make a bad decision here. I agree I think because this it's, is it. it's not the racist shit done bother them. The uh, acting out of line stuff done bother them. But, the oh, it turns out that not only are you draining the swamp, but you are a swamp monster who came in here to just – I think that may it might do it. And it's not only all about public opinion. A lot of it we're talking about now laws. Right. Did you break laws? Right. And then you get into what kind of president, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's that we're getting into legal. But I think even if we're talking about public perception, I think if Mr. Drain the Swamp comes out in very real clear terms to be once again the swamp monster, the you literally got here just to bolster your brand and to I think it could hurt him. Well, and that's I really he do. A, he has a documentary hard on Netflix, to say. and all he, all they're talking about, and it's a four it's four four episodes, and they talk about his brand, his brand, and all the money he used to spend, and Taj Mahal, and it just kind of I was sitting there like, wow, this is self incriminating. I don't know if he approved for this to be made, 
But it just goes to show, like, he, he wasn't ready for leadership. And mm. no, they, they talked about basically how he got to be the president and how he wanted to run in the late 80s. And he wanted to find the perfect time. And he knew that the perfect time was going to be when Barack was finishing. He knew he didn't stand a chance, which he never attempted to. He denied that he wanted to be president from, what, 2000 roughly to 2012. And um, he built his brand with the current voter base through social social, social network. Media, yeah. Through Twitter, which was well, a big thing. And day, through and birtherism, which I think we forget. Yeah, right. He, that was he, his he, thing. He and I think he, he started that. And I think he saw, oh, shit, being racist and ignorant gets Isn't, a lot of leverage. Right. Yep. And and I, I mean that in a very real way. I yep. think he just started saying, was Barack Obama even born here? Who knows? He's black. Doesn't look like me. Probably wasn't. Let's see the birth certificate. Right. And then all of a sudden, this just bullshit ramblings of an idiot on Howard Stern show turned into a legitimate, well, legitimate and air quotes movement. And I think that showed him the beginnings of a blueprint. Well, for, I mean, if you, if, and if it's a blueprint, he's still running that, that I don't think will continue to work yes, for him. That's what I was about right. to say. He, that was his blueprint and he used that same blueprint for every other situation he's been in. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me start an uproar. Yada, yada, yada. Say, I got this, that, this, that let the uproar go, 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 go. When I'm pushed on what I have, keep lying. Oh, I got my lawyers got this. We have a copy of this. I'll show it when it's time. They keep going and then boom. Uh, I don't have to show you guys. Like the same, same thing. We still ain't seen tax returns. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like it's, it's two years later. And it's the, it's the, it's, 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 it's that blueprint. It's yeah. that blueprint. Be real loud and boisterous about it in the beginning and then say, I got this and that. But, then, but and before then you, but else. before you go on the decline of, well, I don't have, Start up a new one. Right. That's what it is. As this one is starting to decline and people are starting to say, oh, Barack Obama uh, spied on you. Do you have any proof of that? Well, we'll we'll get to that. But did you hear about this? Right. And then it's a new fucking. Oh. And his people, his, the rubes, the, I have no nice words for them. The, whatever. (laughs) Try to bite my tongue. The idiots that voted for him are, not only susceptible to getting caught up, but they're willing. They're right. willing. They're yeah. willing participants the and getting caught up in this bullshit uh, tornado of whatever confusion and lies. And like I said, it's not just that they're they're not victims in my eyes. They're willing participants yeah. in this. They and they like it. It's not having a physical statue standing up anymore. It's actually all of us all in together to make sure that we put our thumb on different groups and different types of people. Yep. We don't need we don't need a statue anymore. We'll just run government. That's right. And then we'll make the laws and tell you how we want you to live. And right. I think that's where we're headed. And I think we'll wake up in enough time to not let this happen, but I think that's a new way now to, you know, get recognition and let people know who's running the world. So I I, I and you you think it's this. You think it's the Michael Cohen stuff the stuff that's going to come out from that. Which if you're talking about to, about to talk about Stormy Daniels, I think it's all related. I think it's the shady business dealings, the campaign finance violations. The I think it is all. It's not his Washington life; it's his New York life. I, I and Michael wonder. Cohen is the center of his New York City life, and the New York City shit. The, that's what will take him down. That's what's going to take him down. I just, if I just anything, that, I just and I'm not saying enough. it will, and I hope it's enough too. Like, I, but if anything's going to do it, it's not a sex scandal. It's not a. It's shady business dealings and working with these Russian oligarchs. If he colluded with Russia, I honestly don't think he knew he did. But I think I he think very he, well yeah. may have because he's he an know. idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a cruel, he was, greedy idiot he, he's all, he was all who's willing himself. to 
do whatever can help him to, out. And so he may have colluded with Russians on accident, but yep. it was not meeting with Vladimir Putin behind closed doors. Because right. I know you know have the technology. Which I think a lot of people wanted votes. it to be. It's not that, but what we do have is an egomaniacal uber capitalist moron who is willing to do anything he can to line his own pockets and to right i'm saying he all about him Every, everything is all about him if it's money, straight up. money for him money yep. for this i just like i said i just i mean i just have such a low expectation me too for man people. but for sometimes people, i forget we have a president i mm-hmm. just live because with that one in my mind i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to live bro. <laughs> that's a great way to live. I, but i mean even like we talked about when we talked about with us man like you got to get out there and vote because yeah. a lot of y'all, a lot of us, a lot of y'all didn't vote this last time, and you see what happened. November, yep. baby. A no, no vote is a vote for him. Yeah, a voteless and, people and, is a hopeless and people. That is an alpha fight. Well, and if we do not win in November, <laughs> this is true. If we do not win, if the Democrats do not at least take the House, but hopefully in November, that is really, really, really bad. Right. That is not on. That is him now. If you think he's unchained now he's dealing with the prospect of losing congress in 2018 if he does not lose it what's holding him back yeah and that is truly in my eyes horrifying not only that i mean that is really 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 potentially devastating we gotta vote and we gotta win you gotta vote gotta get out there and vote we don't we didn't even talk about sean hannity and how 45 uses Fox News as his own personal propaganda machine. Yeah, like it's it's, it's or uh, it's state to, to Tommy Lauren. He uh, uses her, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure too. I'm, Can I say something I real, real jump real, real yeah. quick about that? It was just fascinating to me. There was an interview, and I wish I this wasn't something I planned on talking about, so I didn't bring notes. There was a pretty blonde woman who was in media, and she was came out with an interview with maybe Vanity or. Uh, Vanity Fair, whatever. But she said, my agent said, you have the look and the dis- the sunny disposition to be a great right-wing commentator. And she's like, you tried to put me in this world. And I said, well, those aren't my politics. He said, it doesn't matter, baby doesn't girl. Matter. You, you will be a hit. And her point being was like, well, you're Tommy Lawrence and you're Ann Coulter's and you're, who, these are not, Right. By, but for, for, if we're going to take bets, these are not real deal culture. Mm-mm. They're pretty dumb blonde white women who wanted to make a buck in entertainment and their agent said, uh, act like a Nazi. And right. they did it. And I thought it right. was, it wasn't that shocking. But to hear a woman say, they tried to pull me into this machine and I said, no thanks, but made it, a lot it, of sense well, to me. Well, these I mean, are, these are not people yeah. who believe what they're saying. No, I mean, there's video, they're entertainment. there's video of Tommy when she was in college. We're saying the right. exact opposite of what and she's I mean, saying now. Columbia shock. You know? Anything like well, that. That's why she got fired. She started, her, her views were conflicted about women. Right. Well, she and, was with uh, Glenn she Beck. finally said something she that was, she actually believed. Exactly. And not, once again, not defending her because she's she was on sick the, enough to sell herself out for. But yeah, it is fascinating that the right. way they choose their media yep. isn't your, because of the uh, your articulation or the. You know, you look validity pretty, of your views. You're and, pretty, and you see them undefending. And our people, you can get people to listen to. You. That's right, right. And that and is our to base, me. Our base can deal. Our base can listen to that. 
and look. And our base will look at you. They might even just watch you with the mute, with with the sound off because they like the way you look. That's fine. Yeah, but that you know says so much about their current. Move. And you're not learning, and, and that's the that's the whole thing with that man. And like she pisses me off a lot. But you me know, too. yeah, she irritates me because like a lot of the things you just like. I well, hate a, people a that of, say dumb things. She, and and she I think she knows what she's saying is of course, wrong. I, of course. That, and she just I give her enough credit to say she knows she's being you disingenuous. You can't which, be a, a person credit, like but, that, and right? Not you can't be a sane person and think that you those are the right views. Yeah, and then you just can't be. It's like people that, that talk about Black Panther and they say, "Oh, Black Panther is a." It was, you didn't see the tones of racism in that. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> there was tones of racism in a Marvel movie. In the Marvel, you got to prove through Marvel for it to be racist, right? Gotcha, gotcha, man. That's it. You're right. And people, why are people <laughs> still even mad of mentioning Black Panther? Man, it's, it's when you got an Infinity, when you got Infinity War coming up in a week or something, which I can't wait for. Which Black Panther is going to have its fingerprints so, all on? Just to piss some of you people off who don't like the Black Panther era or I guess the world uh, Black Panther is going to be the new Iron Man in the second phase of the Marvel movies so deal with it deal with there it there you go deal with it <laughs> we gonna, let's take a quick break we, we're, we're done with the, with the political talk uh, and the protest and we're going to shift over to sports take a quick break come back we're going to talk about the NFL draft yes, for sir. a second and then we'll talk about the playoffs and what's going on with that uh, we'll be back in a few minutes uh like we said, man, uh, get out there and vote. We got, and if you're in Memphis, we got elections coming up in May, early May. You got, you can early vote to the 26th. Uh, get out there and make your voice heard. Yep. Do what you got to do. Do your civic duty. And uh, we'll be back real soon. We are back, we are back, we are back on the kickback. And now that we got all of the political and the social, the social, I'm about to say social, and the social stuff out of the way, let's talk about the sports, Therese. Let's do it. Let's talk about your NFL. I Actually, I want to talk about the NFL. I want to talk about the draft, and I want to talk about something else. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. Um, and this isn't on the rundown, so I'm kind of sh- I'm surprising you with it right now. Your thoughts on the Cowboys releasing Des Bryant? Ooh, you know, I was going to go there because I'm not a Dez Bryant fan. Yeah. However, um, my Ravens mm-hmm. have been interested, and he said he's not looking for money. He's looking for payback. We don't really – we're not going to play the Cowboys next year. We're not even in, the, in, the, in their division or in their uh, – Conference. In their conference, yeah. But um, it, it's kind of messed up. I think he – I think they should have let him play that contract out um, you know, you're big Jerry Jones, right? You got a lot of money. His little 15, 12 million, whatever he's going to make. Let right. Him, let him play that out. Right. And then let then politely back out and let him find a new team. But the way they handled that and uh, I don't I just they're going to spin their wheels in Dallas. It's unfortunate. I don't know if Dallas will ever be successful again. Not no. just off of this move. Wait, can you say can you say that one more time? <laughs> I don't know. You trying to get me I don't know if Dallas will ever be successful again. Not just off of that move. But just because it's the history, like the history, yeah, you know, and I mean, yes, they got a solid core with with Zach, with Zach, with Dak with and Dak. Zeke, 
and all of them. But I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. And I know this almost blasphemy to say in Memphis. But, uh, you know, I just I don't think they treat people right. And I think that this stuff comes back to haunt you in terms of everything else. I just don't know. Or they don't treat the right people right. You know what I'm saying? Don't well, you think that goes back to Jerry Jones, though? I mean, like, yeah. there's, I think there's a reason that that franchise was so, was so good in the era that it was good in. And now Jerry Jones is older. He's an older business guy. I've dealt with older business guys. They deal with the game. They deal with, I mean, the game of business different than we do. Yep. Right. And I think that he's, like, stuff like, I, I think that, you know, that you look at comedians and people say, like, you know, at a certain point a comedian, you know, kind of falls off because mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't keep up with the trends. Right. Jerry it Jones isn't keeping up with the trends. Well, and, and, and in Jerry Jones' defense, I'm not a Cowboy fan, so, yeah, I'm going to throw him under the water or under the bus right now, but I really do, as a fan of Madden, and as I played my GM mode, um, I realized that you do have to make some tough decisions. Like, let's just, let's just throw this out there. I'm playing a video game, which is basically a virtual simulation, you guys. And I have a running back on there that I love, right? He's 93 speed. You just got to keep him. But when he starts wanting too much money for his production, you have to reevaluate and assess, is this really worth it long term? Now, Dez is almost 30, right? He's not going to run any faster. He's not going to jump any higher. He's not going to catch any more balls. Now, a team that needs a third-string receiver, Dez is perfect. He wants less money, so the scheme and everything fits. I think in Dallas, he might have been reaching for the amount of money that he wanted. And what if I was Dallas, what I would have done was trade him and get some get some picks, get something back for him. Yeah, and just, just don't get, let him walk and get some more receivers because they still don't have quality receivers. Right. And even in this draft, by the time they get ready to go in the draft. I don't think they're, I think they're going to overreach for a receiver that they probably, that's probably not going to be a star like they're trying to get. And I, I you know, as much as people say that Dallas is the America's team, I feel like a lot of players in the NFL don't want to go to Dallas. Yeah. And, and, and so it's just not a, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. It's not it's a double, destination. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you're going to get the people that want to go be, or, or say that you should go because Dallas is America is America's team and they're always on TV. But a lot of people don't want to deal with that scrutiny. I yeah. don't want to deal with Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or people talking about me every single day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. I, and there's some things that people got to look at. You right. know what I'm saying? And maybe I don't want to be in an organization with the type of ownership structure or, you know what I'm saying, front office structure that they have where right. one man is basically making all the he, decisions. He's Vince McMahon of football. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he's Vince McMahon's 70 something years old, man. Just kind of, Phase it on out, let your kids run it. And and I think with Jerry, it's unfortunate that he doesn't want to let go of the ship, you know. Speaking of Vince McMahon, it's I was a topic of interview. Did you watch the Under the Giant documentary? I did. I watched it today actually. Was it good? It was good. It was stuff I already knew about Andre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I knew all this stuff, but it was it was cool for people who didn't know that right. he was that guy. You know, if you had to pass on a torch from him to Hulk, from Hulk to Stone Cold, Stone Cold to the Rock. You know, and so forth. I mean, you can really trace everything back to him. I'm gonna watch it tonight. I've been I've been meaning to watch it. Now that it's uh, I don't have HBO at the house, but this is uh, Xfinity Watchathon week. Oh, oh. So you can watch if you got Xfinity, you can watch all the premium channels. 
Gotcha. If you don't, gotcha. Ha- even if you don't pay for them, you can watch them all this week. So, or if somebody's listening and wants to give us their HBO Go login, that, right? Or, or you can or put that right put in that the comments the right now, yeah, right in the com- Or like I said, <laughs> if you don't want everybody to know, just email at the Kickback Radio Show at gmail.com. We can take your Showtime login, ESPN, your ESPN logins, your HBO logins, your browsers. <laughs> your bra- <laughs> your browsers, you know what I'm saying? Any one of those. You say browsers? <laughs> browser, browser. <laughs> Let's just say you said browsers, yeah. not browsers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> NFL draft. Now, it's a couple of interesting storylines in the NFL draft right now. Yeah. I printed out a mock, I printed out a mock draft uh, from CBS. Pete Prisco is the is the guy who did this one. Um, this is going to be like the quarterback draft. You know, this is a uh, this is where some teams will find their next franchise quarterback. Um, mainly the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have the number one <laughs> pick and the number four pick, uh, and so they've been kind of talking about you know what they're going to do with that. And uh, you know, you got that storyline. You got the Lamar Jackson storyline. Who mm-hmm. during this whole process, he hasn't he didn't hire an agent. His mom has basically been his agent, and some teams have thought. You know, put some information out there like they can't get information about him, they can't get in contact with him, and they can't set up meetings, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and people talking about maybe Lamar should be a wide receiver yeah. instead of a quarterback. You got that. You got the Baker Mayfield thing, the quarterback. Uh, and, and his and his proclamation, did you see that proclamation? Who, Bre- Baker? Yeah. You know what he, he said? He said he's guaranteeing he's going to be off the board within the first six picks. Or else. Or else. Show you who daddy is. Yeah. In in. Right, and some people even say the best player in the draft draft is Saquon Barkley, the running back. From, I think I agree. From I think Penn so. State. So uh, I'm gonna go through a couple picks here in this mock draft. This, like I said, this is a CBS mock draft from Pete Prisco. He says that the number one pick, uh, the Cleveland Browns, will select Josh Allen mm-hmm. out of Wyoming. Number two, the Giants will select Sam Darnold from USC to be the backup heir apparent mm-hmm. to Eli. Number three, the Jets. Baker Mayfield, quarterback from Oklahoma. Uh, number four, he has in his thing that the the uh, the Browns will trade the number four to the Bills for a couple of picks and uh, move down to number twelve, and then they'll take uh, then the bill the Bills at number four will take Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA, who has been very interesting because uh, NFL people say that he thinks too much. He has uh, too much stuff going on outside, and like he's a he's a free thinker, and he likes to know things. And so they they've been holding that against the man. I, I've seen Josh Rosen play, and he snuck in a quick four hundred and twenty plus yards, easy on Memphis. And we had a pretty stout defense last year, from what I thought. So I think out of all of them, I think between Josh, Josh Rosen, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold, I think Rosen has the most upside. Really. I think so. I and, think and, and I'm kind of with you on that one. I don't. I am not too sold on Josh Allen. I think the thing with Josh Allen is like they say he looks the part, but how many people are looked the part? Paxton Lynch looks the part, and his ass has been looking the part on the bench for the last two years right. with the Broncos. Like Josh, they, somebody posted a stat of Josh Allen's completion percentage since he was playing JV in high school. Yeah, he's never completed more than like 55 percent of his passes. Yeah, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Um, and like I said, according to this uh, mock, mock draft, they have Saquon Barkley going number seven to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, that which, is ridiculous. I, yeah. This, and this, Come on I, now. I saw this. I'm like, we're like, so right now you got four. He has this guy has four quarter to four quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. Uh, and Saquon, who's been widely regarded as the best player in this draft, 
dropping to number seven. That's I way too many quarterbacks. This draft, I, this draft, I mean, other than Sam Darnold, and, I mean, I guess the other guy you're talking about. Yeah, there's not really anybody else quarterback wise in this draft. I don't see that. I now, don't see that happening. There is now. I will say this: here's your sleeper. Your sleeper this year is going to be Riley Ferguson, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Memphis football fan. Yes, you are. But every scout, every scout, even at the combine, they were like, "This kid has an arm." Now. Paxton Lynch had an arm, and I like Paxton, but Riley Ferguson is a totally different person. Like his, the way he attacks the game, he's not trying to outrun you. He's not trying to scramble. He will stay in that pocket, and I've seen him literally throw the, the ball on a dime to Anthony Miller for like 50 yards. I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, let me check to see if they got Anthony going in the first round. They got Anthony. Anthony's been meeting with a lot of teams. I think the projection for him is second to, to early third round. Okay. Um, he slipped out of the draft, out of really being your top five receivers because he didn't work out at the combine. He had a foot injury, so which is the dumbest are, stuff ever. Like, come on, man! It's the but but he he worked out at the pro day here in Memphis, did a good job. So wherever Ant falls, he's going to be a contributor right away. He's going to yeah. be your new Mike Wallace. He's not extremely fast, but how he tall has, is he? He's you can give him five eleven. I think in pass you give him six foot. I get so. I, I forget about the heights of football players. Well, because your cornerbacks are my height. I'm roughly 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so, yeah. you know, if you see somebody you your was, height out you there, you're safe. Uh, yeah, I'm 6'2". That's yeah. the difference between yeah. basketball and football, though. I mean, you got 50-something people on the field. What, 53? On, uh, a, on the uh, roster? Uh, yeah, on, on, on it. Uh, 22, 22 on the field? Yeah. Or for a whole roster. For Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 53, right? Yeah, 53. I have a friend who's a pilot, and he says that he runs into football players all the time because there's so many football players out there. Yeah. Because there's like, you know, 30-plus teams. Yep. There's 50-so slots in those rosters. There's just so many football players Talk out there. So much opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we should have Fendi on to talk about the draft. Uh, now that I thought about it. Let me see who they got your boy. Let me see who they got your boys drafting. On this draft. They got Baltimore Ravens, Hayden Hurst, the tight end out of South Carolina. So here's what the Ravens need. One, our O-line, we had a uh, Ryan Jensen sign a deal with Tampa Bay as their center. The the best deal, I think, this season, $48 million, I believe. Wow. For a center? For a center. He's the highest-paid center in the league. So it goes to show we, we don't have any cap space to keep him. But he was a great guy. We need offensive linemen. We need tight ends. But most importantly – we need wide receivers, and uh, now that Ozzie Newsom, who was a former tight end at Alabama, who was our general manager, is no longer with the team, um, I think we're going to shift this focus from being a defensive dominant team to really kind of spreading our wings and really helping out uh, uh, Joe Flacco. So uh, right now, the, the deadliest team, I think, this next season in the AFC North is going to be the Cleveland Browns. I don't think they're going to mess this draft up. They already got Jarvis uh, Landry. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they still have some they did solid some good, guys. They did some good stuff in free agency. Their defense, uh, uh, what's the kid's name from uh, uh, Jabril Peppers? Mm-hmm. They still got Miles Garrett. They still got David Njoku. Uh, they, they've got the right pieces. They just need to mature together. Yep. They're going to get Saquon. Saquon's coming off the board and I, going to them. I, if Saquon's not one, they're taking him at four. Yeah, they have to because they don't have a running back. That's the, that's their missing piece. If you have everything else, your quarterback can be lackluster. But even still, uh, they got a good quarterback. I think they traded for somebody in the offseason, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can be a game manager. They got Tyrod Taylor, right? Did Tyrod – did, did I, I Buffalo think, trade him there? I think they got Tyrod Taylor. So, yeah, I think they did. 
So you got Tyrod Taylor, you bring in this huge, you know, Saquon Barkley running back, and then you use that You're fourth correct. pick. He, yeah. So you got a playoff, and, and he's also yep. a Pro Bowl yep. quarterback. Super Bowl, Bowl Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion. He won, cha- he was, he won championship as, y'all, as a backup for yep. y'all. Yep. So he, he's got the pedigree, man, and we'll see. He's going to be interested. Uh, that was an interesting time period for the Baltimore Ravens, that, that struggle between Joe Flacco and Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Because Tyrod was so good. He was. And it, Joe you, was solid, too, but, uh, like. I would have preferred Tyrod. I think he fit the scheme. I mean, you're pretty much looking at the Ravens were Seattle of the AFC. Yeah. Defense, and if we would have had that type of quarterback and that style, you know, it really, really, really would have helped us out. So what do you what do you what do you want them to do? You want to do, we, you want to go wide receiver? We need to go wide receiver, and I'm afraid if we do go, they're going to get Calvin Ridley, and I'm not a believer in Calvin Ridley. He's too little, um, and yeah, he's fast. He's you know this and other, but man, it's so much more to do with so much more that you need uh, more than speed uh, in NFL. So I'm afraid they're going to take the safe route and pick a tight end, just like you said. Well, that is the extent of the NFL draft that I have. You got, you got, you got anything else? Uh, I haven't been keeping sleepers. up with that much of that. Uh, I mean, we can talk about Kaepernick and him, how he probably won't have another job again. It's unfortunate. But uh, Kaepernick you know. might, well, I was going to say he might have an XFL uh, career, but you got to stand for the anthem for that too. So Right. <laughs> they, they colors red, white, and blue. Yeah. The new XFL. Um, and yeah, so going through the going through the CBS mock draft, they didn't have Lamar getting picked in the first round, and it's, the NFL is kind of different than the NBA, where you don't like getting picked getting picked in the second round is okay. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. like still good money there. They've they've done it. All drafts are a spectacle now. So like the way the NFL does it, round one is on Thursday, rounds two and three are on Friday. And then rounds four, five, six, and seven is it seven? I think they're on Saturday. Yeah. So um, you want to go in the first four rounds in the NFL. That's where you'll probably get the most, the most money. But once again, like in every sport, it doesn't matter where you get drafted. It just matters what you do when you get there. Yeah. Tom Brady was drafted in the seventh round, and yeah. now he's the goat. Who might be retiring uh, here, here pretty soon? <laughs> Teams breaking down. Uh, let's talk about the playoffs. NBA playoffs. So, uh, let me check the scores right now. Man, I will say the thing that I'm so excited about is the rookies. Yes. Nobody's back down. It's it's a great rookie class, man. And I think we all knew it was going to be an awesome class, but I'm going to go ahead right now and say that uh, let's start off with Alonzo Ball. Is he a bust or not? I'm not calling nobody a bust as a rookie year. Second and pick in the draft. Second pick in the draft. Average 10, 7, and 7. That's not a bust. What more do you want? Uh, what more his, do you, you want you, from you, me? You want I his think, dad to not talk as much, probably? On the court. What yeah. more do you want on the court? On the court, nothing. Yeah. I, know, I, I think that he's a solid player. Yeah. But but he also only played, what, 50-some games? Yeah, he, probably, he, he missed a lot of games injured. And that's the one thing, too, about these young cats that come in. Uh the injury bug gets them because you're only used to playing about 30 games. Right. Uh, you got, you got to think about an NBA schedule and a college schedule. In right. college, the most games you play in the regular season, if you include your conference tournament, is probably 35 games. And you those are stretched out from November 
to March. With a max of two games a week. Right. In the <laughs> NBA, you're playing 82 from October to March. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so your, your body does you – and veterans try to tell them that, you know, you got to work out, get your body right because it's, it's a grind. I mean, right. think about it. This last, this last year, this season, this season that just ended was LeBron James' 15th season. And he and averaged it, it what? It was his first time playing all 82 games. Like it, MVP. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's 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 a thing. But if we go back to the bus thing with Levo, with with Alonzo, uh, I don't think Lonzo's a bus. I think if his numbers are comparable to Jason Kidd's numbers when Jason Kidd won Rookie of the Year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's a uh, it's a different it's a different time. But it's also it like, is a completely different. I mean, I you look at the you look at the the playoffs right now. Like the rookies that are in the playoffs right now are just destroying the game. I right. also think that we are all, these rookies that are coming in have played so much high level basketball that this doesn't make them like it's still just basketball. Right. Like and we as people try to put this pressure on it like, oh, it's the playoffs and the game slows down and defense and, and coaches. It's not have, like when it's Michael Jordan, it's like this is all that's on T V right, right, right now. This is it. And You're coaches, Michael Jordan. This is basketball. This is the biggest thing. No, yeah. So like they they the stage the, the stage is not too big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of these rookies, and and they, and they know what's at stake. I mean, I think these two players, are, and we're going to—I'm sure we're talking about Donovan Mitchell and and uh, ben, ben Simmons. They know that their play can also dictate who's going to really bring home their rookie of the year award. Well, the the voting is closed already, ah. which is which the NBA needs to change. They need the voting needs to go through the playoffs. Yeah. At least, at least the first round. At least for the first round of the playoffs for everybody, because I um, I know we're judging them based off regular season play, but. It's it's hard right now. If I'm yeah. if I'm still judging right now, it's hard. I know. And then you see like Donovan Mitchell come in and play the way that he's played. You see right. the Sixers play the w- the way that they played. Like that should factor in to yeah. where you sit in the rookie. I mean, any category. speaking of the Sixers, they beat the Heat tonight, so they're up two one in that yep. series. This is Joel Embiid's first game back. He had like twenty eight points. That Ridiculous. Dude, that guy is a monster. First yeah. off, he might be the biggest human being I've ever laid eyes on. Really? This dude is huge. Is he that, is he that big? Dog. I, he's just seven foot. Dog. I he's just seven foot like this. No, I don't, he like seven four. No. No, no he's not like seven four. But he, he's probably like seven foot, seven one. But just, he's like just big, bro. You just like, this dude is a big, one of the biggest human beings you would like. He stands next to Mark, and Mark is right about seven feet. No, right, right there too. Right. He makes Mark look little. Wow. He play. He plays softer than Mark too. Like he's got a softer touch. Yeah. He's so got a, he's got a better shot. Yeah. And so, like, like I said, the, the Sixers are up two one. Um, the Raptors are up two zero on the Wizards. The Celtics are up two zero on the Bucks. Cavs and Pacers are tied one uh, one. Uh, in the West, the Rockets are up two zero on the Wolves. The Warriors are up two zero to the Spurs. Uh, the Thunder are in Thunder and Jazz are tied one one, and the Pelicans are up two zero against the Blazers right now. The Pelicans are up in the game; they're playing the Blazers tonight, the first game in New Orleans. It's sixty to fifty eight. Uh, oh, wow. So the Pel- the Pelicans are up by almost twenty in the third quarter. So maybe they're going to win that game. My guy Anthony Davis has been killing the playoffs. Yeah, and and I'm so happy about it. it it's his time. I just hate that Boogie got hurt because this team, the way that they're playing, they're <laughs> They're killing some spirits out here. I mean, the fact that the Trailblazers are, I really kind of expected them to be whooping up on these guys. But Me too. New Orleans is bringing that thunder, and they're doing it with a bunch of role players and one superstar. 
Yeah, essentially. Well, and then a guy who's breaking out, who he's he's having a great, good time doing. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has kind he's of been, un, been under the radar for a while, and uh, he. But it's, you know what? It also goes to show he is the importance and the presence of playoff seasoned players. Right. So like, cause Rondo, like Rondo was like leading that. He's like willing that team as well, which kind of makes it crazy when you go against the point with the rookies. Cause Rondo's a seasoned vet. So you having him to help do that with the team the first time there, but you also got these rookies who are on the you know, teams and they're just doing everything. It's so weird team, when you think you know? about him and his playoff run with the Celtics. I mean, like he was basically the rookie when he was with, with right. The right. He was with, and even, he was the young one when he was with uh, Paul Pierce and yep. Ray Allen. Okay, and KG. Burnett. Yep. And that's the funny thing. Last year, when Rondo was on the Bulls, they beat the Celtics in game one. They beat the Celtics in game one. They might have been up two. They were up 2-0 on the Celtics last year, I think. And um, he broke his hand. And then the Celtics came, the Celtics came back. Yeah. So, like, he's, he's, he's play, legit. Playoff Rondo, man. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I think the best, like I said, the best performance so far for me has been Anthony Davis with the first two games of Portland. Because New Orleans wasn't supposed to win both those games. Now they're up by 20 in game three. Uh I mean, this is AD's time, and you know he's been in that conversation for well, the next up after LeBron for a couple years, and I think he's trying to make, trying to take that step. I mean, he—I don't know if he's going to have—I don't know. The one thing with him is I don't think he's going to have the same longevity and and uh, peak performance play as LeBron as long as LeBron has been playing. I mean, Anthony Davis—you got to remember the reason he's playing so well and he's so damn healthy now is because his ass has been injured for damn three years. True. I mean, he's always hurt and. As a center, and he's a lot longer and bigger, he's going to have more stress on his body. And he's, he hadn't really put on much muscle mass, which is why they needed Boogie to take to absorb some of that from him. But I think if you wear and tear him now and no telling when Boogie's going to come back. Well, I mean, I mean you know, Bo- Boogie tore his, he tore his Achilles a couple months ago. Toward the end, that is like, was it right after All-Star break, I think? Right, yeah, it was right after. Right after All-Star break, so yeah. it was early February. I mean, Achilles is almost a year and a half exactly. injury and recovery. So, so, you know, we'll, we'll see with that. But Emeka Okafor, who is somebody I believed in, I still believe in today, he's one of the most underrated big men that played the game and just disappeared out of nowhere. And then came right back. Yeah, and I mean, he, I looked at his averages. He averaged like 14-8 and eight over the course of maybe six or seven years. That's not Rudy Poo no. for a center. At that time, he's playing against LeBron in his prime you know, oh, KG. Yeah, you got the Dwight Howards, the Yao Ming. Yeah. Like all, all of the when he was when holding the, his own. Andrew Bynum, uh, right? Tyson Chandler when when the center position was was there. They you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, you know, shout out to Mech Okafor. I'm not a UConn fan or anything, but I just always believed in this guy. Man, he just really got looked over. So. Do, do you think LeBron can keep this up? LeBron had a superhuman game last night. Forty some points. 15-some rebounds, and his team only Look, won by three. I think – I don't know what we want LeBron to do. LeBron will keep it up. He'll keep the personal stats up. I don't think the team is going to advance. Oh, you got him losing this series. I got him losing at some point. They're not even going, I don't think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Uh, really? Well, you know, defense wins games, and if you're – They can't you know, stop nobody. I haven't picked up a basketball in about two and a half months. I'm pretty sure I can go out there and score 15 on that. On on them, but not Bron. Yeah, on them. Right. On them. <laughs> on them. Not, the, not, not LeBron. As, on the Cavs, but not the league. Not LeBron, <laughs> but on the Cavs. Right. Now, granted, I need somebody. I'm going to be moving around, getting wide open. You know what I'm saying? 
But uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I think he has to do way too much for this roster. And I think that roster has a couple of first time playoff people on it too, like Rodney Hood, Larry Nance, right, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, those guys are getting heavy minutes since their first time ever in the playoffs, and it's not not right. This is not Rodney's first time ever in the playoffs. He, he was he made the playoffs with Utah, um, but Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and those guys and Tristan Thompson, you know, he ain't playing, and well, he got a whole bunch of stuff going on outside of the, outside of the court. LeBron, in or if you're going to be great and play with LeBron or develop your skill set, LeBron has to then learn that he can't mute players around him. I think. A lot of people concede to LeBron because they right. want him to get his stats. They want him to get his, his shot off and everything like that. But And naturally, he's going to pass the ball, but he's going to have to reel it back. And really, Jordan Clarkson, you're averaging like what? Nothing now. When you, were the, when, you, when you were with the Lakers, he was putting up, what, 18, 19, 20 points a game, giving you buckets. Larry Nance was giving you double-doubles, 15 and 11. And now I feel like they're in this sunken place like it's bronze team. What can we do? And I just feel like um, – LeBron, as he gets older, yeah, he's great, and we know you're great. We know you're trying to cement your legacy, but really back just a little bit and kind of let these players come into their own because those guys are still new. They've only been in the league three years. They need to kind of really see what it takes. And, um, yeah, they play with Kobe, but Kobe's a natural scorer. Kobe is different from LeBron. Exactly. They're totally different. And so um, even George Hill. George Hill, he's a vet, too. He's played with Pop. He knows how to win. Right. And LeBron, I think um, they never really truly had a plan when that trade took place. They never had a plan of action for the roles that they wanted those players to play. George Hills is kind of all over the place. He, he's playing pointy, play shooting guard. He's filling voice. And you got, you know, JR and you got Kyle. You don't really know what you're going to do with them. You don't want to you know, play small ball or look, you know. They went through, Brian Windhorst went through the list of things that happened to the Cavs organization this year. And I'm like, bro, like, when you take all of this stuff into account, so, like, I'm going to try to remember it and hope I don't leave anything out. Um, they made all, they made the trade in the offseason, got, got Isaiah Thomas back, got Isaiah Thomas, traded Kyrie, yada, yada, yada. That trade didn't work out. Isaiah didn't work out, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Trade him. Boom. Trade him. Trade Channing. Trade Jay. Trade Iman. They're gone. Boom. Bring these other guys in. Got to acclimate them. Cool. JR goes into a slump. Whatever. Kevin Love gets hurt, breaks whatever he breaks. He always gets hurt every year. He broke his, he broke his thumb last, last night. night. You know, he always gets hurt. Boom. Then Cal Corver's brother passes away very young and tragically, so he kind of takes him out, out, out it for a minute. Tristan Thompson got all this off-the-court stuff going on, yada, yada, yada. LeBron's still trying to do everything he can do, but he really can't. Their coach loses a couple – you know, what I'm has health issues. Your coach has COVID, has health issues. <laughs> Getting fat, can't can't sleep. Got to miss a week and a half, two weeks or whatever. Some like, we're like man. Jesus Christ, y'all got a lot of stuff going on over there, and we expect everything to be business as usual. Like, yeah, it's just, I, I don't think LeBron's going to stay. I, 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 even if they did win the championship, which is you know really not likely, he's not going to stay. The thing is, is at this point though, who LeBron is pr- playing at a high caliber at 15 years, you can't get him on a bargain. And he's not going to defer. So who has time to reinvent the wheel for a team that's that LeBron might want to come to? LeBron comes to okay, the let's say the Rockets. Now they can't shoot the ball as well anymore. Right now they're too ball dominant. There's three ISOs going on. Yeah, they, they're going to win a lot of games, but is that what they need to move the needle? 
you know, I, you know people just, people saying Philly, you know, and then now with this Kawhi, Kawhi and San Antonio situation, you know, you never know some things but, like that. So. But you know, Pop again is how much time does Pop have left? I mean, his wife's not not here, unfortunately, and I, I don't think he might retire. I think he's close to that too, and you know, I'll tell or you or stay on because. But somebody else had mentioned that, and maybe he stays on because he doesn't want to be at the house by himself. You know, yeah, yeah, but and, and he's also been preparing for this. I'm right, sure she's been she's sick been, for a minute. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he's taking it a little bit. Uh, he's still taking it hard, but probably not as devastating as we all think uh, when one loses a loved one like that. But um, I also say the irony of this situation is, I uh, was playing 2K mm-hmm. and I did a simulation, and LeBron went to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That's just scary. Ben Simmons, LeBron, and Ben is Ben is with him. I mean, he's in he's his in his clutch. camp. He's in clutch. He's, he's clutch. With Joel Embiid. Okay, real quick, let's run. Th- I want to run through these, and then we we gotta go. We're running up on time. Real let's quick, do it. Uh, MVP. Who's your MVP? <laughs> Man, is, y'all gonna hate me? I'm gonna say LeBron. I think LeBron should win it, but I, James Harden is going to win it. Yeah, and this just goes to show you how we as a basketball collective are fickle. Russell Westbrook averaged another triple-double this year. He did. And nobody says anything about it. He's not going to win MVP. But last year he averaged a triple-double and won MVP, and his team got a seven seed. Right. And this, this, they're a four they're, seed, right? They're a – uh, who are they playing? They're, playing, they're, a, five, they're a four or five seed. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're a four seed right now. And he averaged a triple-double, no MVP. Yeah. Uh, rookie of the year. Donovan should get it, but they're going to give it to Ben. Donovan should Don, – that's Donovan's award. I think I think Ben should get it because Ben was more consistent the whole year. I think Donovan started a little bit slow, which you would expect most rookies to do. And you and you can and you can make the case that Ben didn't start slow because he had a whole last year to kind of see it and figure it out. Yeah, he was a then, starter, and then go and then go from there. So I, yeah. I think I'm, I think I think it's a it's a two man race between Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons. I think Simmons wins it, but obviously if Donovan Mitchell wins it, you can't be mad at it. But and I will say the best thing about this is that these two guys aren't just playing to have the best rookie season. I feel like they're going to move the needle of the NBA. Yeah, like they're 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 going to be your Kyrie Irving's, not your Andrew Wiggins, who had a great rookie season. And now he's kind of like mm-hmm. a mid tier ninety nineteen point score uh, season type of guy. Yeah, and so, they, they they might try to get rid of him because he's not doing anything either. Exactly. But I'll take him with the Grizzlies. Come for on now. Show Come on now. Six man show. Six man? Yeah. Behind who? No, who, who's your six man? Oh, uh, six man, Will Barton. Mm. Um, Will Barton or uh, what's his name? Lou Eric, Will. Lou Will, obviously. Mm. Eric Gordon's always in the mix. He won last but, year. But I would, honestly, I was talking to somebody about this. Uh, Tyreek Evans. Will is, Will is a good choice. And I think if Tyreek. If he was healthy, uh, yeah. If if we had had a better season, Tyreek would definitely be the sixth man. Definitely. Uh, but Will or, is Will Will is a great choice. I didn't even think about that as sixth man. I, and I feel like Denver should be pushing him for that. Uh, yeah. Coach of the year. Ooh. Uh, Houston's coach. What's his name? D'Antoni. Yep. D'Antoni. So he won it last year. It's probably a chance he'll win it again this year. I think they might give it to Dwayne Casey with Toronto because you know they're number one out there. If I'm giving, True. if I give it to anybody, I might give it to Quinn Snyder in Utah. You know, because you know, I there's no way nobody expect Utah to be a, a five seed. And and Alvin Gentry or Alvin Gentry That's with 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 New Orleans. Yeah. If I'm thinking of anybody else in the East, 
you could definitely say Nate McMillan with the Pacers because after the Pacers traded Paul George, we thought we left, we left them for dead. Yeah, there yeah. There was no way you thought and, that was going to happen. And even your your Celtics, uh, Brad Stevens. I mean, I thought I, I still think they're left for dead, and they keep proving me wrong. Right. Both both of your superstars are out. Yeah, and y'all still winning. Yep, they got some good role players, dog, and a good and they got a good freshman. I'm a good freshman, good rookie on their team too. Jane Tatum. Yes, sir. He got Memphis ties. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year. Ah, uh, that's a good one. I'm going Embiid. Yeah, I guess. I, this all, this or, also is super hard one. That's super hard one to kind of figure out. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, Embiid or Davis. I can't. I know. I know. <laughs> most improved. I, I feel like most improved. Honestly, should have went to Tyreek, but I know they're not going to give it to him. But I feel like he was most improved from what he was doing with uh, the Pelicans last yeah. year and being injured and then coming back and now he's putting up almost 20 points a game. I don't know. know if a player can win most improved twice because I think didn't Victor Oladipo win most improved once already? I think he won it last year, I thought. Most improved last year. And he's, a, he's like up for it this year, right? I think so. I didn't write that one on my list. Damn. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh but I don't, but like if you you can't win most improved twice, really you, you, you law? can't improve your improvements. No, right. I'm just saying I don't think. Well, then because if you're no. not good enough to be the best six man, but your stats improve by default, you should. Follow I don't know. If you should, I don't know if you'd be able to win most improved twice. That's like a comp. That's a consolation. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Do you even want to win most <laughs> right. improved? Like, like y'all niggas thought sucked. I sucked, right? <laughs> But <laughs> y'all, y'all thought I was y'all thought I was bad. Right. Name bad or now whatever. More than likely, y'all's guy, you know, Lonzo Ball, and I, I'm not a Lonzo mm. hater, but I just he 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 could win that award next year in the sense that if he gets 14 points and 10 rebounds and maybe six assists, I think he'll probably get get pushed for that. I so, wonder. I mean, he, I know he focuses more on assist and less on shooting. Right, 100. percent Yeah. Well. I, I mean, I think you should throw Kyle Kuzma in there. We're good at your, we're good at your thing too. Oh yeah, just 100%, 100%. just just because the Lakers didn't win that much. I mean, like, I mean, he still had a really good he, rookie year. I think he was everybody's rookie of the year until they, until like those yeah, two started yeah, going at it. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. up there on the three point percentage for rookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is like in, insanely impressive for what is yep. he like a stretch four? Stretch four. Yep. I mean, they, they that's they what you want out of your stretch four. You do. I don't know how everybody missed that in their draft projections. Like, did, did oh, he they, not? they don't they don't like old players? You know, he he was a JUCO kid and he went to Utah for two years. He was a four year player. You know, they don't like. And it's a short term investment. That's yeah, great for yo, me. You know what I'm saying? Just pay him a contract and a half and then ship his butt out of there. Hey man, I'm <laughs> with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm glad he you no know, he uh, he terrorized my team for he terrorized Arizona for a minute. When he played at Utah, but who hasn't? You know, <laughs> didn't Buffalo it, terrorize you guys? Yeah, did Memphis make it though? Memphis didn't, but you did, know, did, I think Memphis, our Memphis deputy it, AD is did, now the coach. Yeah, I think the, we're, the, did, uh, did, did, did Memphis even win a conference championship? You can say whatever you want to. Right did now, Memphis we're excited. Did, did Memphis win a right conference now, championship? Right now, we're excited. Did, did, I'm, did, I'm just did, asking. Did Memphis win a conference championship? What is Memphis get Penny and Mike Miller and Dwight Boyd? Have they have they won a game yet? Have yeah. they won the game yet? This, this season where, is a where, win. Where is Arizona ranked in this year's uh, top twenty? Because where are we at twenty five now? What in recruiting? I, yeah, we're we're top twenty five. Our, our recruiting class. Yeah, yeah. Our we're, recruiting class uh, is going to end up being top twenty five. I don't end believe up. so because you guys had some scandals. Yeah, well, the only person that we scandals. lost, only person that we lost, uh, we lost Sharif. 
Who's coming to Memphis? He's not coming to Memphis. <laughs> he's going to come with <laughs> Uncle Penny. He's coming to Uncle Penny. Shaq is coming Shaq to was Uncle looking Penny. for houses. It was confirmed. He, he's not He's not coming to Memphis. He's, Uncle Penny's going to teach him how to play basketball. That's They're going to talk about blue chips. or Boys, hit the music. I'm not listening to you Memphis fans talk this BS because it's not going to happen. Blue chips, too. Y'all are not going to. I'm not going to let this happen. Not tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the kick out. The kick out. The kick back. <laughs> this has been the kickback on the OEM Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch the show every week uh, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or the OEMnetwork.com. Like I said, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. If you got an iPhone, the easiest way to do it is you go and you click on that purple button that says podcast. Boom. Click on that. Type in the kickback. You will see our logo. It's bright, fluorescent. It looks like audio on TV Raps logo. You cannot miss it. Subscribe. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Five-star rating. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. I want to thank my guest, Therese. Yeah, yeah. Ezra, the voice. Um, like we say every week, man, stay safe, stay woke, keep your head on the swivel, and we are out. The proceeding is an Elm production. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.